Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Shop Notes Podcast. I'm your host, Phil Huber. Today is episode number 58 already, if you can believe that. Today, I'm joined by Logan and John, as always. And on today's episode, we're going to do a little finish your project checkup see where we are on our dated projects, as well as some of the other things that are going on here at Woodsmith. Thanks for listening. This episode of the Shop Notes podcast is brought to you by Woodsmith Magazine. Woodsmith Magazine has been the trusted source for all your woodworking information for over 40 years. From tips and techniques to furniture projects to shop projects, you'll find it all at Woodsmith Magazine. Subscribe today at woodsmith.com. Okay, now technically... This podcast airs on February the 19th, which is Finish Your Project Eve. Yep. So <clears throat> I thought we'd do a, a kind of a check-in to see where we are mm -hmm. since we're coming up on the deadline with a little bit of a surprise because when we first started talking about this, it was just you and I, Logan. Mm -hmm. It was. John had successfully right. evaded the question. Right. I'm always afraid to make commitments because <laughs> stuff comes up. Right. So, yeah. but I jumped in late working on my cabinet, my, I don't know, cabinet that goes out. I don't know what you call it. It's a cabinet that goes outside the bathroom. Hold your linens and Q-tips. There you go. Linen, so, linen cabinet. That works. Yeah. Yeah. We'll go with that. Sounds professional. For, for some reason, I had it in my head that it wasn't a built-in, and I don't know why I had mm. that, but it is a... It's built-in in the fact that it's screwed to the wall. Right. Well, so, that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not like when you guys it's not move, it's not like taking it with you. Right. Well, I could. Yeah. Because that was when I was starting on this and my wife really being um, keen on moving soon, it's like... I'm doing all this work for whoever the next person that lives here is. Do I just take this thing down off the wall and just patch up the wall and we're done? Save all the work. Right. But it's like, no, I've gotten I've gotten this far. Let's just finish it and pass it down. Because maybe we'll never move. I mean, we've right. been saying that for a while now, so <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. But so yeah. So I've been Hitting that hard the last week or two and coming yeah. down the home stretch. So I think I'm no, just. No, I thought it, it looked really cool. I... Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I had the, the um, actual cabinet up for, I don't know, a couple of years. It's, we were discussing this. We don't remember how long. It's kind of been a while, but that was up and had shelves in there on one side. And so the last couple of weeks, I made the drawers and I got those installed and that was an interesting process because um, I had bought like the 16 inch ball bearing drawer slides I don't know, 10 years ago and they've sat on my shelf and like I knew they were 16 inches and for some reason I thought the cabinet was deeper than that and for some reason I was like well I'll just make these drawers 16 and a quarter inches deep for no other reason than I get an extra quarter inch of drawer depth because that matters. <laughs> and I, I went to install them the other day and 
got the first one in and pushed it in and it was sticking out a quarter of an inch. The, the inside of the cabinet is exactly 16 inches. So, you know, the old saying measure uh, twice, cut once. I just measured nuns, no times <laughs> and just guessed. Yeah. So, so that in, led to an interesting, uh, went from a 15 minute install to how am I going to fix this? And I decided I'm going to cut the, the back of that portion of the cabinet out because it really doesn't matter. And then I can get that extra quarter of an inch back. And of course, I can't use a jigsaw or any other tool that I have. So I had to run out and get one of those oscillating tools. So I've been thinking about, you know, making that tool purchase anyway. So that pushed push me over the edge and got the back cut out. And two hours later, drawers were installed. So problem nice. solved. What, uh, what isolating tool did you buy? Uh, I ended up just getting the Dremel version. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Because that was what was in stock at the closest store to me. Yeah. So is sure. that is that like one of the quick releases on the head? Or is yeah. Like yeah. Is no, it? it's a, like a quick release um, tool attachment. So that was nice. That'd be, that would it worked be nice, well. Yeah. yeah. So I have that and got that. Because that, that was in a... That was a follow-up question that I was going to ask when you had said that you would, that you got an oscillating tool. Is that one of, you know, because we did that as a on a podcast last year at some point mm -hmm. where it was like, for a tool like that, do you just go to Northern or Harbor Freight and just grab the, you know, $9.43 oscillating mm -hmm. tool knowing that mm -hmm. you only get a limited lifespan out of it? Right. Yeah, I ended up that I had looked at like the Ryobi one because I have like Ryobi batteries and other tools, and that would have been like a cheap thing to do. But they didn't have it in stock at the the closest Home Depot to me, and I didn't want to run all the way around and looking for it. So I got the the Dremel version, and I did, I had um, some grout that I had to remove um, and replace on some tile, and okay. that looked like the easiest way to do it. So I'll have it for that job too, and. Okay. whatever else i need it for sanding you know all the stuff See, i i have the ryobi one is that that's what you said you had batteries for was the ryobi one yeah i have ryobi tools too so yeah i have the ryobi one that was why i asked if it was a quick release head or a screw-on head because the ryobi one that at least the one i have is a screw-on head which is kind of a pain in the butt mm -hmm. you know i mean it takes what 10 seconds to unscrew it and put a new head on right. but it's just inconvenient because then you yeah. gotta find an allen wrench that fits it so right now this is nice it had like a toolless like quick release and just snap on the other the next head and because i was trying to kind of figure out what was the best cutting head like they have the kind of like straight one and then they have like the the half circle deal and i was switching back and forth trying to figure that out and yeah decide what was best and so I, so i guess what i took away from this you put backs inside your cabinets yeah yeah they were it it's uh what? so this cabinet has got four drawers on one side and then a okay. door on the other side and it's like all oak plywood finished stained okay. and everything it's like you're never gonna see any of that it's like yeah. i don't i don't know why i did that it's just at the time you that was John. right so and then of course on the drawer side you're never gonna see the interior of the cabinet anyways right. Or the back of it, or any of that stuff. So, I mean, well, I guess, it yeah, wasn't a big I, deal. But I had built my built-ins for our office. Now that I say that, 
I put I did put backs in the cabinets that have just doors, but then mm-hmm. we have a couple base cabinets that are just drawers only. And I, I'm like, I'm putting it back in there. Why? I mean, you're never right. going to see it. Right. right. So. But now I have to go back, take all the drawers out and go back in and like fix all the walls and repaint them where I cut the back out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they'll look nice. But John Doyle's OCD strikes again. Yep. Yep. And then texture them with a heavy texture. <laughs> Knockdown. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I got the drawers done. Um. I just got the one end panel and door installed yesterday. So down to the, the false storefronts. We're there. So Are they just frame and panel too? Uh no, they're just slab storefronts. So yeah. Yeah, originally I had uh, planned on uh, solid oak dovetail drawers and I had all that material and I don't know what happened to that material it got used <laughs> a long time ago so then I it's like okay we're doing plywood half inch plywood Baltic birch drawers and tongue and groove joinery and boom done so yep. but they still look nice and they'll hold up and oh yeah so I actually like the look of Baltic birch drawer boxes mm-hmm. you know if you're doing a false front on top of it like Baltic birch has a nice clean look to it. You know, the plies yeah. have a real even consistency. Yeah, no voids and Yeah. So Yeah. Nope, looks nice and um before I put the end panel on, uh, one of the girls, I think when they were 3 or 4 had colored on the side of the cabinet that was getting covered up. So I let them sign their names to it, date it, put their ages, color on it and then put the end panel on, so be a little time go. capsule for whoever takes that that cabinet out. Probably the next owners. Probably in a year from now, they're like, "This is ugly." And... <laughs> Who would put a cabinet here? Right, right. So, but yeah. So I'm just waiting on uh one of the drawer fronts that I was working on had a little crack in it, so I ordered um some of that black star bond. Oh uh, yeah, super glue. So I'm waiting for that to come in to fill in a couple knots and cracks and oh, make shit. it look nice. I should, have, I should have brought you mine. Yeah, well, Amazon's faster. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> Ouch, John. Oh, no, no I'm just in the same town. No, I wanted some of that. Yeah. I like that. I, yeah. I would use it a lot. So, yeah, and I I've actually found myself using it quite a bit. So I think it's a good it's a good like what eight or nine dollar purchase. So, mm-hmm. did yep. you buy any of the accelerator? I didn't. Uh, I got time. I can wait. Just yeah. let it dry naturally. All right. So, no. I'm sure we have some around here or whatever. But Yeah, so. we have several cans of Accelerator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was the I, – I was trying to get this done quickly and ran into a few problems. So the drawers were one of the, the – the missizing the drawers was one of the problems. And then I was using those European – um cup style hinges whatever and they uh you have to drill the 35 millimeter holes to accept them in the back of the 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 doors so the other day i was you know searching through the shop because i know we have these 35 millimeter bits somewhere and i found um one in mark's drawers in the rockler brand metric bits they have like a blue painted head and i was like oh here it is i grabbed it and yeah drilled out the backs of the doors and went to put the hinge in and it's like mm, this hole's too big and i look it up it was a 40 millimeter bit 
So I did. I just guessed. And it's like bad <laughs> guess again. No guess. So I made measure some nuts. Yeah, measure nuts, and you'll probably be fine. So that was another thing of just plug. I had to plug those holes, which wasn't a big deal. I just made some uh, forty millimeter wood plugs, plugged them, redrilled the holes, and the hinge pretty much covers up the plugs, and they're on the back of the door, so it still looks still looks great. But another extra, you know, fifteen twenty minutes of work on top of you know, so but yeah. live and learn. Okay, so. What did you? I have a couple of follow-up questions mm -hmm. here for you. What did you use for a stain on there? I don't remember. Um, so I have it's Jim Glow, I believe is the brand, and it's like a uh, professional grade. I don't know what it's like a resin-based thing, so it dries within an hour, and it's just what I, I picked it up. Um, uh, before I even worked here, I picked up like an Iowa Paint or some some professional store. We'd used this brand of stain, and I knew it dried really fast so this is it's just whatever's in our uh the rest of our house and it's called okay. fruit wood but it's not like the fruit wood that you see every other stain it's kind of like a dark brown so yeah but no because i so thought it had a nice almost, color to it mm -hmm. yeah it's almost like a candlelight or yeah. Something. yeah yeah it's like kind of like, a, oh, like a reddish dark yeah. reddish brown so yeah. it matches the rest of the wood in our house so but i thought it had a, i mean it I don't know how to describe it, I guess, like nice clarity to it, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Because some, some stains end up looking, I don't know, gritty or dirty mm -hmm. or something like that. Yeah, no, it's like really like thin and it, I mean, it goes on well and soaks in and dries super fast. And hmm. so it's it's been good to me. It's one of those finishing things that it's like, this worked once and, and so I'm just going to do it for everything. Right. So but there's a lot to be said, said for that predictability yeah. yeah you said it's the gem glow gem glow is, and, and the, I, that can is probably 13 to 15 years old so i don't I was, know I was gonna say, if the brand name has changed for this because i got it from i think iowa paint and i think it's not called iowa paint anymore it's like pittsburgh paints or yeah. something else so yeah, it, it, it looks like sherwin williams may carry it or may have carried it okay um i don't so, know if they do anymore gem glow like g-e-m or yes. g-y-m j-i-m no <laughs> Jim, G -E i know because when you first said that i'm like so who made this Jim. like in their backyard jim jim glow <laughs> <laughs> no g-e-m-g-l-o is the is the brand so okay I don't know. I'm looking at the can across the, but I have, yeah. So I have like two cans of this and I don't know if they make it anymore. So I'm just milking this can for all it's worth. And just so keep the same, adding thinner. Yeah. So the same thing with the, the handles or the knobs and pulls for this cabinet is I bought these um, probably 10 years ago. Um, they matched the ones in our kitchen that we, I did the 12 years ago. So I had enough to do all the drawers and doors. And then I was looking at the drawers and they're uh, bigger, they're uh, like 32 inch wide drawers. And I was like, oh, it looks dumb with just one handle on there. So I'm gonna put two on each drawer. So I need to buy, I think I needed to get two more of these handles and they don't make them anymore. Oh. 
So I'm looking on eBay and I found one on Amazon <laughs> and I got that. I ordered saw another one on some other random website that's like, I don't even know if this is legit, if they're going to take my credit card and start charging it to random websites. Who knows? So I ordered it from there. I got it, but it was the wrong. It was satin nickel instead of antique nickel. So got to try again, find another one. But I know it's out there. So Fine. it's on the dark web somewhere. Right. Right. Otherwise, I'll just borrow it off one of my kitchen drawers and we're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I'll figure it out. So it's, it's been a challenge to to stretch a um, project out over a decade. You're going to run into those challenges. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I don't yeah. recommend it. But So uh, now the, my last question for you, and this we brought up in our uh, – Thursday live Facebook live shop update uh, as kind of like a poll question. And, and I've seen people ask this and, or say this, and you used, like you said, you used cup hinges on mm-hmm. the doors. And I asked you why, because I just don't get cup hinges. And yeah. yet, you know, like when we had Nancy Hiller do the kitchen cabinets class, um, uh, you know, she says that when budget is tight, when she bids jobs, she always defaults to cup hinges. Mm-hmm. And you were talking about how easy cup hinges were. Mark Hopkins in the shop was all about cup hinges. Mm-hmm. And I just, I did that. I think I did cup hinges on our last house when I was doing the kitchen cabinet remodel, which I never quite finished before we ended up selling the house but Mm -hmm. that's another that's another sad story um so i guess i just talk to me a little bit about the cup hinges um well i think the thing of all those people myself mark and nancy have in common is like working like previously i worked in a kitchen cabinet industry so kind of got used to those and it's like all you have to do is drill the hole in the back to accept them. And um, usually if you're doing a lot of them, you have some sort of setup of like stops of like they're on each end. And this was a bigger, oh, sure. bigger door. So it's like I had one in the middle, one on each end. You drill the holes, you, you know, you get set up at the drill press, drill them. They're easy. And then once you get them installed, you have um, the adjustability to adjust the door in and out, left and right. You know, up and down, you know, all all the directions. So it's not, it's like you get it close and you can adjust it from there. Whereas yeah. like you put in a mortised butt hinge and it's, it is where it is once you get it installed. Then you have to start, you know, adjust, cutting down like the doors and to, to fit. Whereas this is, you have all that adjustability after the fact. So, right. So once you, you kind of get used to it, it's just it's the easy go-to thing. So it's, it's kind of like the, the kitchen bathroom cabinet industry standard, sure. I guess. So no, and that definitely makes sense now with you say it that way. Mm-hmm. Cause I guess that's probably more of my, from my perspective and just, I hadn't used them all that often. So the whole process just felt weird to me from start to finish. I mean, right. I guess the, the adjustability is kind of nice. The other thing, though, is I feel like I end up defaulting more to that I prefer 
an inset door. Right. Whereas I think, I mean, I, you can get cup style hinges for inset doors. I get yeah. that. But they get really weird. Like when bulky you're, and, yeah. Yeah. When they're inset. No. So your, your door is like a full overlay or partial. Yeah. Overlay or so like the, the, the kitchen cabinet uh, type that we did before I worked here was like the European style where there's no, it's, you know, frameless, doesn't have a face frame on it. It's just, yeah. you know, edged plywood. So it did full overlay doors with eighth inch gaps everywhere. So the way that I have the end panel on the cabinet on the one side, it sticks out, covers up the one end of the door. And then on the sure. other end of the cabinet, I have a, a filler piece that sticks out. So it's flush with the drawers. So it kind of looks the way it's set up. It looks like a inset doors and drawers just because they're all flush. There's all eighth inch gaps all the way around, you know, spacing in between. So it's, it's you know, it has that same look of right. like inset doors. It's just a lot easier. So yeah. I don't know. It's that no, European totally style. So, yeah. But it's just, yeah, one of those things, it's like you get used to doing it a certain way and then that becomes the easiest way to do it for you and you just keep doing it unless you're forced to do it another way. So, yeah, I don't know well, if it's better. Or, right. I, <laughs> and I, which is funny that you say it that like that because I read, I don't know, some other woodwork. I think it was like Mike Pekovich from Fine Woodworking mm -hmm. where he was talking about some technique that he had and somebody had asked a question, I think on his Instagram page where it was like, how do you do this? And he's like, you know, you kind of hate to say it, but you do it enough that you feel confident and you get the results that you want without feeling like you have to overthink it every time. Right. And then that yeah. becomes your, that's how it works out is you just keep doing it. Right. Yeah. And there's something too that the 32 millimeter European style of cabinetry that's like, I mean, it's like the metric system. It's like once you learn it, it's kind of the, the easy way to, to do things. So, yeah, I don't know, just very modular and. You know. Well, we've been looking at having Vic Teslin come on the show on the mm -hmm. podcast. He's got a book coming out. And I know he, well, he's, he's Canadian, so he's metricated. <laughs> yeah. So it'd be interesting to have him give his, give his deal on the metric system. Yeah. Cause I know you have a, you have a small warm spot in your heart for the metric system. Don't you Logan? I do. I love it. I think it's way more simple than the empirical system and the entire world is on the metric system, except the U S mm -hmm. and Burma. And, and well, yeah, in Burma, yeah, but yes, but it doesn't make sense. <laughs> hey, if we don't know what we're doing, they can't know what we're doing, right? <laughs> That's mm -hmm. exactly it. It's like we're gonna do it our way. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Cool. Thanks, John. Yep. Logan, so, your nightstands. Please. Uh, my nightstands are pretty much done. I mean. I guess what I have left to do is fit one drawer. Um, so I made the drawers over this weekend. Um, so here's one of said drawers with half blind dovetails on the front, through dovetails in the back. Um, I didn't plug my grooves from my bottom because ain't nobody got time to do that. 
<laughs> Who cares, really? Um, but these the half lengths turn out fantastic. Um, the uh, I ended up using a a trick on those that I um, picked up from Garrett Hack, I think, at um, the Mark Adams School, and I think it was Garrett that was saying that he always does half line wasting with a mortising machine. Huh. I'm like, that makes perfect sense. And I know Phil said he had heard about this before and always thought it was a little gimmicky as far as like, is it really faster? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like It was way faster. <laughs> and to be fair, it allowed me to use my mortising machine that I bought from uh, uh, Eric Loggy probably a year ago for the first time. So all right. uh, I got it pulled out and set it up. And yeah, I, I was able to hog out all the waste. Um I'm a huge fan of when I cut half line sockets like this. You can only cut at a 45 degree angle, right? You're cutting down to this baseline and then you're cutting down to the baseline that would be down in this area. Right. Uh, so I always take a, a I have a, a card scraper. Uh, it was a, a very thin card scraper. It's actually my it's actually my Lee Nielsen card scraper. And I ground a sharp edge on it, and I use that and hammer it down through the kerf to create the rest of the kerf. Right. But that, combined with the the mortising machine, made them go super, super quick. Okay. Um, yeah, so I didn't think it through really well, though. Uh, my order of operations <laughs> should have been... I, I, I can dovetail uh, fairly well, right? So I wasn't worried about getting the dovetails done on these drawers. I was more worried about doing these these hand hole slots. Um, and I wasn't really sure how that was going to go. They make so infinity, uh, a mana. A lot of people make bits to create this shape, where it's basically a you route out a half moon, then you come in and you can make this recess so you can get your fingers in there and stuff. Uh, they're like. 80 bucks or something for the bit and i just didn't want to spend that so i was trying to go cheap on it trying to figure out and work through my head on how to do these um i should have done those first in case something went wrong because i did a lot of work to do the dovetails yes <laughs> i just i don't know why i did it like i you always do the operation that is the most risky first that way you don't screw mm -hmm. up all that work you've already done yeah but I didn't do that. But thankfully, it worked out well. So to do those, I ended up uh, ended up using a combination of a flush trim bit. So I made a basically I made a half moon template, and I routed out this front recess here, and then I was like, oh, no problem. I'll just come in come in with a rabbiting bit like this guy, and run run it along and and create that basically recess behind it two problems with that the first is i was looking for a rabbiting bit that had a bearing on the shank and i could not mm -hmm. find one okay could not find one the second problem is it's like okay not that big a deal i throw it in the router table and i'll just run that shank along my template okay <clears throat> two problems with that the router bits spin fast enough that if you're using a wood template, oh, you yeah, can yeah. actually burn little divot, divots in your template. Mm -hmm. And that's no bueno. So, and se second problem is 
this bearing will not fit in there because there's a little stem on top for the screw in the bearing. So basically I'm cutting this width here and this guy gets in the way. So what I ended up doing, and I don't know where I put my bit that I modified for it. Um, anyways, might be my router table still. Anyways, I ended up grabbing a bit that I had. I had a, uh, like a Performax, like it was a Menards cheapest router bit you could get, which was perfect for modifying a router bit, right? Mm -hmm. I took uh, the Performax router bit and I took off the bearing and the screw and I just ground it straight down. Uh, so it was, uh, it was a little adventure in grinding your bits down. Um, also we have learned the name of John's dance club that he goes to is mm -hmm. grind your bits. Mm -hmm. So Google it. So I ground that guy down and to come or to get, you know, to avoid the, the template issue, the shank burning divots in the template. I had a couple of sheets. This is kind of my new favorite template material. I had some sheets of uh, eighth inch, maybe a little bit thicker. It might be metric, um, but it's fiberglass sheets, like eighth inch, maybe maybe three sixteenths thick fiberglass sheeting, um, and it worked perfect for a template because the the shank didn't do anything to it. Uh, I could follow it. It worked out phenomenal. So mm -hmm. I was super happy. I did learn um, the fiberglass cuts perfectly fine on a table saw um, with a janky blade in there. You don't want to use your nice forest blade on it. I made the half moon in the template on my bandsaw and my quarter inch bandsaw blade that was brand new three weeks ago is now shot. So yeah, that's what I was wondering when you had said that it was a fiberglass template. Yeah. I'm like, for real fiberglass? Yeah. Let me grab it quick so I show you. We'll wait. Um, yep, I know. <laughs> so, so this is my heart. This is my plywood template to use my pattern bit with. Okay. Um, but then this is the fiberglass. Whoa, that looks big. Uh, so this is the fiberglass. Okay. So it 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 literally is just a maybe it is just eighth inch thick sheet. Uh, I roughed it on the bandsaw, and then I used my flush trim bit to trim it to this guy in the router table. I mean, it worked phenomenal. Um, mm -hmm. It did it did dull my bandsaw blade. Um, didn't do anything to the router bit. The carbide teeth on the router bit or the carbide edges cut through it, no problem. So maybe if you had a carbide, I don't know. If, I don't know if they make a quarter inch carbide <laughs> blade for a bandsaw. Um, Not as they make carbide tooth ones, but yeah, that would mm -hmm. probably cut it just fine. So. Okay. So yeah, drawers are done. Um, I I have decided I I don't necessarily like using drawer slides. Um, I just I always size something wrong, and then I end up shimming something or having to rabbit edges of drawers to get them to fit with the slides and stuff. You know, I just so in these in these uh, nightstands. I'm using the little plastic L brackets, you know, that go in the corners of the the drawer opening. So they're like little Teflon slides, basically. Oh, okay. Um, and I also grabbed, um, I don't know if this will show up there. There's this little guy here. It's a little nail-in, like, Teflon slide. So I put one on the bottom and two on top. Uh, so when it's in the opening, 
it doesn't sag when you pull it all the way out. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's yep. it's it's captive in there pretty well. I mean, there's a little play. Um, right now, my house is at 35 percent humidity, so I'm hoping in the summer it doesn't expand to where it's super tight. Um, but if it does, I can I can hand plane those little gl- uh, glide blocks down pretty easily. Right. So yeah, I just have one more drawer to fit in an opening, and then just some hand sanding um like i said last week i'm going to do the boiled linseed oil finish on these so hand sand you know in an evening this week get some hot linseed oil on them and those bad boys are going to be ready to hang up so Mm -hmm. i i am going to kind of kill my shaker soul a little bit in this because i've decided i'm going to mount them on the wall french cleats and I, I had big plans on, you know, doweling in the f- shaker plates. Yes. Uh, I had big plates. plans on, <laughs> I, I had big plans on like holding the French cleat inside the case with like dowels from the inside and the top. So it was locked in there. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to pocket screw the French cleat in. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, these beautiful mitered through dovetails. I'm just going to I'm just going to pocket screw a French cleat in the back hmm. and call it good. So it's fine. It'll be fine. Yeah. Yep. It'll be fine. I had an epiphany the other day and it's like, I realized what the difference between like regular cleats and French cleats are. Like, why do they call it French cleats? It's because yeah. it has interlocking tongues. French cleats. Oh my god, John. <laughs> That's how he got his name. Probably. <laughs> Probably. I don't know. Probably. Google it. Yeah. So. Yep. So. Yeah. yeah. Napoleon started that, I think. Yeah. Yep. You know what? Yeah, going back I'm, to your uh, the handle shape on those drawers, I was kind of wondering how you did that, and I heard your whole process. Like, I almost would have been like tempted to clamp it to the table saw fence and just raise a dado blade up into it and to get that shape. But I don't know what the, the, like the finish on the inside would be. It'd be, you get lines probably. Yeah. And the radius would have to match. Right. 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 Or, or you just size it to, to match. And I think, I think that would work perfectly well, John. I don't think there's any reason you couldn't. Um, I would say, that, well, I actually started making that radius with a four and a half inch hole saw. So that's a four and a half inch radius hmm. or diameter diameter. Yeah. Four and a half inch diameter um, circle in there. So, yeah. so I think a table saw would give you a much larger radius. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you used a six inch dado six inch blade, dado. it'd be yeah. close ish, but yep. I don't know. Cool. But yeah, that would that would work. I I think that might make it kind of an interesting article doing like in in drawer pulls. Yeah, recess um, yeah. drawer pulls. Yeah, I, had, I haven't seen that pulls. before, so that was a cool yeah. take well, on I it. I think it would it would definitely be a cool article. Yeah. And I mean and being completely transparent, that style is completely jacked from the Thomas Mosher design that I jacked for these nightstands. <laughs> <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's my interpretation of them. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, but I mean, like a recessed pull is not anything new. No, not at all. No, so. nope. Well, and there's there's different ways. I was talking to Phil before I started doing these pulls. There's different ways you could do those too. I mean, the most straightforward, I think, aside from ordering a router bit, is you just saw off the face of the drawer, 
mm. routed out and then glue it back on like a right. thick veneer, basically. Right. Um, and that would work. And that would actually give you the benefit of being able to hit a nice round over on this lip. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because right now I'm kind of stuck just hand sanding a round over on there. I could I could round over the outside edge, but not the inside edge. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, I think the the pole itself works um, as long as it's not a super tight drawer. I don't think you could get away with that style pull if you uh, had a very very tight fit because you don't have much room to get your fingers in there. Um, at least with this style. I mean, I might be able to make it deeper with a, the proper router bit, but hmm. not going to order a eighty dollar router bit for one use. So, sure. Yeah. Not no, I, I think it's pretty cool. Butcher mm-hmm. a Menard's bit to make do the same thing. <laughs> yep. So, so how are your projects, Phil? Uh, I got my radio cabinet rehab finished up last week, which I was looking through my notebook and I had started taking notes on this like in 2016, late 2015 Jeez. or early 2016. Mm-hmm is when I had started doing little sketches and drawings for how I wanted to do it. But I know that I've been thinking about this as a project for far longer. And uh, I had, like John, I had bought hinges and knobs for this years and years and years ago. And the funny part was, is I was in a, like a nickel finish hardware phase then. So Mm -hmm. I had like wrap around hinges that were nickel and then the knobs were nickel as well except last year and it's been almost exactly a year since i took pictures that i had started on this again just before we went into quarantine and i dug out where my where i had kept the hardware for this and i couldn't find the knobs i'm like i these are the hinges i know those are the hinges but i don't know where the knobs are and I found some knobs that were sort of similar to the ones that I thought I had bought, but they weren't nickel. They were kind of a darkened, almost like an oil rubbed bronze or sure. something like that. Well, it turns out those were the hin- those were the knobs. They had just oxidized over the last hmm. 10 years. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So, and it turns out that I think I like those knobs better on there mm-hmm. that they're darker colored instead of being like a shiny even satin nickel on there. So I ended up swapping out the hinges. So I still have a set of nickel wraparound hinges that I can use for something sure. else. Um, so I got that done. It was, it was pretty fun and I'm really happy with how it turned out. I had to add a new back to the, to the cabinet and that involved doing some routing in the back legs and posts. And what's funny to me is I found out, I mean, it was a, it used to be a radio long, long ago. And then one of my uncles had pulled out the radio guts, put contact paper over the grill, turned it around, made a shelf out of redwood, I think. And it was a little bookcase. Um, and I wanted to emphasize that grill again. So I had taken the contact paper off years ago and put walnut burl veneer on there and uh, cut it in half to turn it into a door and then added some trim details that weren't on there and sanded off most of the kind of gross finish that was on there 
and found out that the reason that it had a really dark walnutty sort of finish was that the front legs that were turned were walnut, but the rest of the case was, I don't know, some nondescript hardwood that was actually pretty light in color. So I ended up restaining everything and putting new finish on it, and changing the size of the shelf, and um, in putting on the the walnut burl veneer, the veneer that I had was a raw veneer, so there was no backing on it, and that kind of veneer is pretty chippy. It's just not yeah. fun to use necessarily, especially with all those cutouts on there. So well, putting... and I think with the burl too, because that's all end grain. Oh you yeah, you know what I mean. So you get weird areas that just they'll they'll just break out no matter what. Right. Yeah. So I had some sections that did that. Um. So my secret weapon on this, you guys were talking about the CA glue, the tinted mm -hmm. CA glue, is I had gotten a set of wax filler sticks from my brother years ago they're 3m which 3m doesn't make those sticks anymore so it, and it's really not important who the brand is but i've really come to see the value of those sometimes they're called bow montage sticks mm -hmm. in being able to you know because when you're building a project you're this close to it and you see every tiny flaw and you want to deal with them right away. And some are acceptable to deal with then, but I've kind of learned that I'll just wait till I'm all the way done, finish is all applied, and then I'll go back to some of these flaws and gaps and holes and just fill them with wax and be done with it. So anyway, part of this kit also had some, at least I think they are, I think they're shellac uh, burn-in sticks, and it had a little soldering gun kind of thing. So I was able to, once I had the doors all fit and set up, is I went through and found where those gaps were and fissures in the in the burl veneer and filled those with the combination of either the wax sticks or those shellac burn-in sticks. And dang it, if that just didn't, like if you look close, you can see where I filled, but mm -hmm. for everyday use, you can't. And it was that was really yeah. fun. Nice. I wanted to try those shellac sticks for a while. Um, that's actually what uh, Thomas Mosier does on their stuff. The stuff that I've been filling with black CA glue, they fill it with a shellac stick. Uh, yeah. Which I don't know that one's better or worse than the other. Um, but the shellac sticks have been kind of interesting. I, I would like to yeah. play with those a little bit, I think, at some point. So that was pretty, that was a fun process to. Um, you know, like when I'm building a project on my own, I build in my own errors to it, but you kind of know that they're there because it happens as you're doing it. But with this cabinet, there were just some things where you're just dealing with the piece as it is. And you have to either decide that you're going to fix it and it's going to take more work or you're going to leave it and you just adapt to it. You know, like the, I didn't realize this until... Uh, I had refinished it and was trying to reassemble the case because it's basically like a post and panel ends. And then that's has a bottom panel that's doweled into, into the legs. And then the top is just pocket screwed on with, you know, a, you know, pre Craig version of pocket screws. And when I did that, I realized that the case 
isn't square front to back. So the front actually tapers mm. in a little bit. And it's like, do I redo the whole bottom to try and fix that? Or because I have tight joints, just leave it as is and deal with it. And I just left it because it didn't affect anything really. There's nothing mm. other than the adjustable shelf that I put in that you just kind of cut to fit that sort of trapezoid shape. Yeah. You know, which, you know, wasn't difficult to do. It's just, you know, some sanding and planing to get it to, to fit that space well. But otherwise, I'm pretty happy with how it turned out. Uh, where the grill was on the backside, I used plexiglass panels that I hit with a with my power sander with a 120 to 120 grit disc and it gives it a frosted frosted look to it so mm -hmm. nice. so anyway yeah i think it turned out really so, so cool i'm gonna end up using it as a nightstand since you finished early what's what are you working on now then well i kind of i think i was telling you guys i kind of <laughs> got a little buzz on finishing something and mm -hmm. I think there's a, I don't know, maybe because yours has hung around almost as long as mine, John, like you realize that, oh, it really didn't take that much to finish this. And mm -hmm. I had just kind of psyched myself out that it was going to be harder than it was. Right. So I have a gentleman's dresser that we did for the TV show a few seasons ago. And it was kind of all dummy props well i guess it was the one we actually built for the show but just never quite finished yeah. yep and it's been sitting in my shop for probably two years or two and a half years and it just needs to get out of there yeah and i thought that there was more work that had to be done on it but it's really just sanding and finishing because i think we've yep. we hung the doors so they all fit um, so i started in on that right away while i had this confidence and excitement over getting something done that I was just going to sure. mm -hmm. do the next thing that was relatively easy. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah. You mentioned like having that like kind of buzz of motivation of getting something done. That's kind of how starting back on this cabinet worked for me. I would just been stuck inside with this cold weather and not be able to work out in the shop or get out and do anything lately. So it was like, I started out like, Oh, I'm going to, fix this piece of trim that was hanging off and then oh now i'm gonna fix this door and then oh i'm gonna fix this little thing and then like the buzz of like getting something done it's like oh well let's keep finishing things and so and then it's nice too like you were talking about the gentleman's dresser getting that done and just the it's nice having it done but then having that space back in your shop or garage or wherever you're working it's like oh that took up a lot of space now i have right. <laughs> more room to work until you fill it with something else that you start and yeah. don't finish. So, but yeah, it's kind of a little bit of a buzz and motivation to work on the next thing and keep it going. Yeah. Kind of like a snowball rolling down a hill, you know, you just kind of gathers a little bit of momentum and yeah, start looking for, you know, and I have enough stuff, you know, we've talked about this before on the podcast where we have, or at least I do. I think you guys have said that too, where you have projects that we've rescued from here or started before and, mm -hmm. you know, other stuff just gets in the way. That's how life works. But 
trying to be a little bit more deliberate on finishing those projects right away without having them take up not only shop space, but kind of headspace too of yeah. just constantly seeing them and knowing that you should do it. So it's either move them on to somebody else or to the burn pile or get them done. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But then it's like you get all these um, projects done and your family sees them. You start strutting around. You start to raise, raise the bar a little bit. So then you got to, <laughs> you know, back it off a little bit and lower expectations again. Uh-huh. So. That's what my wife said when I told her, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm finishing these these nightstands by the 20th. And she's like, why? And I was like, oh, we, we kind of set goals to finish some projects that we started. She's like, does that mean you're going to finish our office cabinets? And I was like, oh, man. So is that your next one? That, yes, unfortunately. Which, like you guys said, I mean, the cabinets are all done. I just got to make a couple doors. I right. even have the drawers all made. I just have to mount them and put the I got to make some drawer and door faces. That's it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like done. I mean, right. they, they are, they are painted built in. So I have some like caulking and touch up paint to do. It'll take me a weekend if I put my mind to it. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. John, you got another project that you're going to work on after this? Oh, I don't know. Specifically, I guess. There's still stuff around the house that I need to work on and dig through the piles of in my garage, I guess, once it warms up a little bit, go out there and see what, what needs to get done. Okay. So we'll see. Cool. He's not Logan, committing to anything, Phil. Yeah. Right. I'm non-committal. He's just going to sneak up on it. Out set there, the bar like low and then jump over it. Yep. All right. You want to set a date for this next one? Oh, what? gosh. Oh. My cabinets. All right, yeah. let's go. We got February 20th. Let's go. You want to do like April, mid-April tax day? No. Oh, no. I was going earlier than that. I was oh, going, you were? I was going to go like, let's go March 20th. March 20th? All right. I'm yep. in. Okay. Let's do it. All right. I'll figure something else out and jump in last minute. <laughs> <laughs> so. Okay. There you go. Uh, for anybody else who's listening, watching the show on our YouTube channel, we'd love to hear what projects you have that you would like to finish and maybe join us on our next uh, next deadline challenge here for March the 20th. Uh, we'll have photos of our projects on our show notes page. You can find that at woodsmith.com slash podcasts and look for the show notes page there. You can also find links to all the other podcasts that we've had. Uh, otherwise, you can subscribe to the podcast in all the usual podcast subscribing ways. Otherwise, we'll see you again next time on the Shop Notes Podcast. Bye, everybody. This episode of Shop Notes Podcast is brought to you by Woodsmith Plans. You'll find nearly a thousand plans covering everything that you'd want to build. From furniture projects to gift projects, kitchen accessories, workshop projects and jigs and more. Find your next project at woodsmithplans.com. 